You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 183. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, each week on this podcast, we address a different topic to help you build a success mindset, present yourself with confidence, build strong relationships, and be an all-round better human. If you enjoy the podcast and want more, do come on over and join our community on Facebook, search for the group The C-Method Rockstars, or go to thecmethod.com slash community. We cannot wait to meet you. Now, this week's podcast is all around resolving conflicts. Let me ask you a question. Are conflicts at work having a negative impact on your productivity, your relationships, and your well-being? Mm, Then we all have that person or maybe group of people that can tend to make life really difficult for us and we just can't seem to get along with them. Now, this is what this podcast is all about, and I'm very excited to be welcoming my guest, Sally Winky, who is a professional mediator and conflict management specialist. Um, this is actually a repeat of an episode that, that I did. It was episode 146 where Sally um, joined me. And I'm sharing this episode again because I believe being able to resolve conflicts is such an important skill to be able to develop. Now, Sally is a true expert in this field. She has over 25 years of dedicated experience in conflict management, coaching, mediation, group facilitation, and training. Her work involves transformational change, where she helps people engage in meaningful and effective conversations to better manage the conflict that exists both internally, so that's within yourself, and externally, which is between parties, whether it's two people, a team, or an organization. Now, her company is called Momentum Changing Mindsets, and she also runs transformational retreats as well, which I will link to in the show notes. Now, in this conversation, we talk about why conflict occurs, how to manage external conflict, as well as internal conflict, um, which is what we do when we feel an inner disturbance, like inner, fr- um, like anger, frustration, etc., um, and the transformational benefits that come from managing it effectively. So, if you're struggling to deal with conflict, maybe you just want to avoid it completely and not even have that conversation. Maybe you don't want to bring up that issue with someone, or maybe you reacted badly to a situation, or maybe every time you bring something up with someone, you end up in an argument or you find yourself getting anxious, annoyed, or frustrated by a certain person's behavior, then this is a must-listen episode for you. Okay, are you ready to be courageous? Let's dive in and meet the wonderful Sally Winky. I've done thousands and thousands of mediations, literally, but the one today that springs into mind um, was a mediation between um, two truck drivers and they owned a business together um, with their wives. So four people were present and before the mediation I couldn't have them in the same room together because the conflict was so intense. They were waiting in separate rooms. 
uh, and there was a, a lot of um, energy, there was a lot of tension, there was a lot of fear when we got them together in the room. Um, and I suppose what I really remember out of that was the point at which uh, they listened to each other and they listened to each other's perspective. They listened and they understood and that was what transformed the whole situation because there was another perspective. It wasn't just their locked-in mm. perspective. And the four of them, after about five hours, um, uh, arms around each other, walked out and went to the pub. <laughs> wow. That must be so rewarding to be able to see that transformation. But it took five hours. A minimum five hours. A minimum five hours. What's the, what's the longest amount of time that you've seen it take? I'm embarrassed to say, Christina. I think I've, I've had people in the room for nine. Wow. That's too long. But that, that shows stamina, though, and determination to, to get. And hope. <laughs> and hope. Yeah. Because like I believe in it. you guys. You can do this. Yeah, you got yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So let's quickly talk about what conflict actually is. You know, what, how do you define conflict and what separates it from maybe having a healthy debate over something? At what point does it turn into conflict? So it's a really good question because conflict is natural. And it occurs around us all the time. It's happening every minute, every hour of every day. And so when I sit and listen to somebody, I'm, I'm almost um, looking into them and I'm seeing a picture. So there's something that triggers us. It gets in and underneath our skin and, and we get a reaction. It's usually a physical reaction. And we get that reaction because something that we value, something that we need or something that we identify ourselves with is threatened, challenged, or undermined. So it could be a value around respect. Um, it could be a value around honesty. It could be a value around trust. And, and as you know, there are hundreds of values. But commonly that happens in the workplace. The other, or it could be the need, the need to be seen for who you truly are, um, the need to be treated with respect. Uh, the need to um, be valued as a person and a professional. Or it could be an identity piece around um, uh, belonging, um, belonging to a team, belonging to an organisation, uh, the, um, the identity around being um, very professional, uh, about being hardworking, about being good at your job. Wow, there's so many. So many. <laughs> But they're the common ones that you see in the workplace and the, the deeper it is in the person, the more profound the emotional, the physical, emotional and behavioural impact. So it, it, you see the person experiences a physical response and then they um, experience an emotional response and then there's a behaviour and the behaviour nine times out of ten is avoidance. So people avoid. Mm. So they don't address the issue. They don't address the issue. They sit with the discomfort. They sit with the pain. They sit with the stress. They sit with the um, the narrative that's created in their own mind about the other person. And then what happens when they continue to hold on to that? How does that manifest ultimately? So it, conflict is internal or external. Okay. So when it stays internal, that's when it's a real worry because that's when you see um, unwellness. That's when you see high levels of stress. That's, that's when you see high levels of psychological distress, which manifests in physical illness. So it can stay internal or external. You can see it um, expressed as arguments. 
um, vol- volatility, um, behavior which is called bullying, behavior which is called threatening, or you see the total avoidance. Like I said before, people it's like people, uh, they're turtles and their heads go back in like that and they just <laughs> stay in their little shell. Yeah, it's that, that wall of protection or that that little bubble of protection where it's like, hey, I'm going to put these walls up and you can't hurt me yep. by, by continuing to do what you do because I'm already, I'm protecting myself. Yep. When we do have these feelings of discomfort come up, when we do feel like our values are being challenged, what can we do to then manage that internal conflict or even prevent that internal conflict from coming up? So we are, we will feel it and you do feel it as a physical sensation. What I would say to people is just sit with it. Sit with it, see if it persists. If it persists for um, a day, then you need to do something about it. So the skill is in noticing, noticing Mm. within your own body, oh, look, this doesn't feel right, and don't ignore it. If you ignore it, it'll only get worse because our minds are tricky little things. And what our minds will do is they'll create a story And the story is not always correct. In fact, quite often incorrect. So if I'm sitting with you and I'm, and I, um, you say something uh, that 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 offends my values around fairness, and 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 so I feel this disturbance in me because it's a really strong value of mine, fairness and equity. Um, And then later on in the day, you say something else that is another um, challenge to that. If I don't address it with you, then um, what's likely to happen is that my mind will create a story and say, well, Christine is a racist or, or she's, um, she's unfair or she's mm. judgmental. And, and what happens with our brains and the negative, negative bias is that it will search and it will look for evidence to support that story about you, which isn't right. Mm. So that's why it's so important to have these conversations and to check out our assumptions, to talk about how we're feeling. Yeah. And if we are able to have these conversations, these difficult conversations, and address the conflict and and work through them, apart from getting it resolved, are there any other benefits to it? What's on the other side of this resolution? So what's on the other side of this is this fantastic feeling where you just feel the, the tension just um, come off your shoulders and just um, drift off you, move off you, not even drift, it's wash off you. And there's this liberating feeling of freedom. And also you feel good about yourself because you've spoken up, you've stood in your power and you haven't um, stayed silent. Amazing. Now, I'm sure everyone's wondering, okay, how do we do this? What do we do? Because I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who have, maybe there might be one person at work. It might be their boss. It might be a colleague. It could be a family member or a friend that they have to see all the time. If someone has this, these, these conflicts within them with this person, what are their first steps to then resolving it? So this is a really big question mm-hmm. and it's a big answer. So I'll try and make it small because it can be six sessions of coaching beforehand. Oh, absolutely. So it's about getting spacious. So what I mean by spacious is sitting and being quiet and breathing and just settling into the moment. That's the first thing. 
The second thing is to ask yourself, is it possible that there's another perspective on this? Um, What might the other person be thinking? What might be the experience for the other person? What might be going on for them? That's the second step. The third step is to, um, we talk about first person, second person and third person. So the first person is when you're in yourself and you know your, your, your own angst and your own pain. What I just said then was second person, um, thinking about what might be going on for mm. that person. Third person perspective is when you come up like you're in a balloon, hot air balloon, and you look down on it. And you look down on it with a little smile on your face and you, and you look down and think, what is going on between these two? <laughs> you know, what, what are we both contributing to this problem? Right. So it's the, getting like an outsider's perspective. An outsider's perspective. So you, you do that. And then I'll tell you a five-step approach, which is a, a no-fail, and um, I've been teaching it for probably 30 years, Ooh. and it's very simple. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to talk about how you feel. And what, what you feel can never be wrong, whereas what you think can be wrong. Can you expand on that? So if I say to you, I feel really sad, and you say to me, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's, I can't, I have no leg to stand on. I can't argue with. You can't you argue with sad. it. Okay. I say, well, I, I own my own stuff and I, I actually feel sad. So the first thing is um, how you feel. So I feel sad. Um, I feel upset. Um, I feel disrespected. So I feel is the first one or I am feeling or I felt. Mm. So feelings. The next one is um, uh, about. So it's about the situation. It's the facts of the situation. I'm feeling sad uh, about the way that you walked past me in the corridor yesterday and didn't acknowledge me and didn't say hello. So it's the facts. Mm-hmm. So it could, that can be about or when. The third one is because, and then you explain. Because, because Christina, I really care about you and uh, my friendship with you is really important. Okay. Okay, so that's the rationale, the because. And then the fourth one is what I would prefer. So preference, what you want mm. or need. So then I'd say I would, I'd really prefer that you just acknowledge me, even with your eyes. Um, you may be busy, but just acknowledge me. And then the consequences, positive and negative. If you do that, then it will make me feel really good and it will be good for our friendship. Um, if you don't, then I know what happens in my mind and my mind will start creating a story that you don't like me and that our friendship isn't important. Mm. So they're the five steps. Feelings, I feel, about or when, because, what I would prefer and the consequences. I have a question about the second point. Mm -hmm. When you say, okay, these were the facts of the situation, what if the other person was to disagree? So if you said I, the, the way that you walked past my desk and you ignored me, what if the other person said, no, I didn't, I don't ignore you. What, yeah. how, is there a different way we can, we can phrase that, um, that statement or is, you know, can we make it in a way so that the other person can't dispute it? Or, you know, how do we get buy-in from them at that point of the conversation? So it's perfect what you've said and that's why you don't start with when you walked past my desk, you did that because right then and there someone will say, no, I didn't, Okay. If it is the second part of it, um, 
what I would say is I realise we, we have different perspectives. What I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, I'd just like to talk to you about what's happening for me and then I'd really like to hear what's happening for you. Okay. What would be an example of a, an ineffective way to bring that up with someone? An ineffective way? Yeah. <laughs> um, Christina, why do you ignore me all the time and why do you just walk past me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if someone said that to you, let's say, you know, the general you, if, if someone says that to you, what would be an effective way of then dealing with that? Because I imagine a lot of people would immediately get defensive and go, what are you talking about? Like, I don't do that. Uh -uh. Why are you being so sensitive? Mm. What is a, a more effective way of, re of responding to something like that? So I'm no saint. And I don't, and I, no, you didn't say it. And I don't, my, my reactions are the same as everybody else's. So internally I'm reacting the same mm. and I'm upset and my heart rate's going fast and I'm getting hot and sweaty when, when I get that attack. However, I have, th have had 30 years of working in this business, so I've learned a few things. So I have the same response, but then I would breathe and, and I would center myself and I would do this really quickly. I'd feel my feet on the ground. I'd breathe. I would open myself and I'd say, can you talk to me about it? Can you tell me more about it? What, what it's like for you? What happened? Because mm. I'm really curious. I am absolutely really curious about what I'm doing that had that sort of impact on you. I want to be better. So it's open, it's curious, and it comes from a, an absolute desire to show up in the very best way in this world that I possibly can. Do you know Robert Kiyosaki? No. He's a, uh, he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And a lot of, even though his books are about finance and, and investing and money, a lot of it is mindset focused. And, you know, he says a lot of people buy and invest with their emotions. They don't look at the facts. And one of the quotes that, from the book that really stood out to me was, every day be prepared to be bigger than your smallness. Mm. That's Which, great, isn't that it? That really spoke to me because I believe that, you know, we can't help our external circumstances. Things are going to happen. Other people are going to yell at us. Someone's going to mm. cut us off when we're driving. Um, and we have the choice. Are we going to be the small version of ourselves, mm. the one that gets angry and frustrated and yells back and you know, gives them the finger, or are we going to be prepared to be the bigger version of mm. ourselves and do exactly what you just said, which is take a step back, see, try to be the best person you can be in that situation. And if we go back to the internal conflict, mm. so my my identity is that I do that, that I that I I'm able to step back, I'm able to breathe, I'm able to respond in in a in a professional way. If I don't then that's an absolute trigger to my my identity. I'm triggering my own identity. Does that make right. sense? So then I I get all this um, tension and anxiety within me because I'm not behaving according to my preferred view of my higher self. Right. Wow. I can imagine how that could occur in people who see themselves as you know a very loving, kind, generous person, and when they get triggered and they snap. They say something that's out of character and then afterwards they feel awful. They feel terrible and they beat themselves up for a long time after it. 
that's why it's so important to empower people by giving them skills for how to do it, how to manage uh, tensions in the right way. The techniques that you mentioned earlier, the, the five steps to, to having mm-hmm. these conversations, do these work with everyone? Do they work with everyone? Sometimes it's hard in the workplace in a very corporate environment or a very sort of um, male energy environment uh, to use the words I feel. Mm. It's a challenge. And I would still encourage people to use that word. Okay. It's uh, If they really can't, then they can use the I think if it's really difficult for them because there are some environments where um, – where the where the attack would be quite significant if you used words like I feel. So if you approach someone and said, I feel this way, they wouldn't respond to it well? Is that what you're saying? There are some occasions when people don't. They don't mm. relate to it. Uh, but, but it doesn't change that that's what I would be. Um, it's one approach that I would be recommending. Sally, I have I have a question for you that... I don't know, it might require a little bit of thinking. I'm not sure, but we'll see. I'll just throw it out there. If you could somehow Jedi mind trick everyone into mm-hmm. shifting their belief around, I mean, it could be conflict or it could be around simply communicating at work. If there was one thing, one shift that you would wish, that every, one shift that you wish everyone could make that would help tremendously with conflict, what would it be? So I think the one that really that comes to mind is um, something that David Drake, who's a narrative coach, taught me, and it's around pivot point, that um, we have a choice point um, and we have a, a nanosecond at that choice point of how we react, um, of, what, of how we think, of how we react, how we behave. And I think at that pivot point, at that, in that little nanosecond, if people could breathe, if they could open themselves and they could open themselves to a different perspective, then I think that that would really change things in the world. Mm, that is powerful stuff. Mm. So for everyone listening, that would be my challenge for you. If you were to walk away from listening to this podcast, I would love if you could you know, take this into your workplace or into your family or wherever it is where you might find some conflict and see if you can do just that, open up, be open to to that perspective, that different perspective. Love that. Now, Sally, um, you mentioned, what was his name again? David Drake. David Drake. He's a narrative coach. Narrative coach. You mentioned that you were a narrative coach mm-hmm. as well. Can you mm-hmm. explain a bit more about what that is? So we work with people's stories. Okay. So we, we create stories all the time um, and – with that example that I just said before um, about opening ourselves to a different perspective, what I would challenge people to do if they're locked into a thought or a story like, he doesn't like me, um, he doesn't want to be um, my friend anymore, then you write five other possible stories. One story might be, um, he's really busy, um, he's, he's really stressed at work, he's got a whole lot on. Uh, it could be um, he isn't in the country, um, so 
mm. isn't isn't um, able to answer my telephone calls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You you his mum could have passed away. Yeah, he could have moved house. You have no idea what's going on in his life. You have no idea. The dog might be sick, and he yeah. might be at the vet. So your narrative is not the only narrative. So what narrative coaching is about is helping people at the right time because it's it's so important, Christina, to listen to someone's experience and the story because that story is absolutely real for them and very, very painful. Um, so you listen and then it's at the right time, gently helping them open their eyes and see another story and another way of approaching the situation or another way of being. Is that something that you do on your retreats as well? Yes. Awesome. Tell, yes. tell us about your retreats because I know you're really excited about this. <laughs> you can tell we are so excited. Yeah. Um, so Bali, mm. Bali on the 5th of April, uh, we take, take people away for six nights and five days to this amazing place called the Zen Resort. And um, it's a combination of uh, group workshops and one-on-one coaching. In the group uh, workshops, we're giving people theory and we're talking about, similarly to what we've talked about here today, what happens with conflict, how and why does it occur, the change process about what happens to us when we're um, wanting to change from one way of being to a new way of being. And that involves people stepping into their power and that involves courage, strength, bravery, uh, determination, tenacity, all those things. If I can say it in, in an essence, it's about helping people to connect with who they truly are, their authentic selves, firstly. Mm. And then what is it that they're hoping for? How is it that they want to be? What's the next chapter of their life? What is it that they're wanting to emerge into? So it's helping them to see that and helping them to uh, identify with it, helping them cross over a really big edge, which can be very scary because change is scary, Mm. and then um, helping them integrate that change into their life. And we do all this in the most beautiful environment where, this is where I get excited, <laughs> so it's a, um, it's a, there's an Ayurvedic doctor there and there are the um, um, masseurs are, are treated, uh, sorry, um, are trained in Ayurvedic as well. So you can have a forehand massage, you can have a massage for two hours, you can have a massage for one hour, you can have a flower bath. Um, it's just oh, So it's all fantastic. over transformation it is. and bliss. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful food, beautiful people. Sounds wonderful. Sally, where can people, if people want to learn more about these retreats and connect with you, where can they go? So firstly, they can go to our website, um, www.changingmindsets. And we have, in a week, we're about to launch a, um, a new website, which is Heartfelt Retreats. Okay. By the time this podcast is out, it would have been released already. So okay. that's great. So people can go to Heartfelt, Heartfelt Retreat. Retreats. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I'll put links to all of those in the, the blog post of this episode so people can go straight there and, and connect with you. Do you have any other words of wisdom to share with the listener, Sally, before we wrap up? I think for all of us that stepping into conflict um, is very scary and we would rather avoid than step into it. But I can absolutely assure people that once you do it, once you step into it, 
draw a deep breath, have the conversation, work through it with the person that you will feel better on the other side, you will feel more empowered, you will feel liberated, you will feel free. So just do it. Love it. Thank you so much, (laughs) Sally, for joining us on the podcast and for being so generous and gracious and sharing what you know. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's been my privilege. big thank you to Sally Winky from Momentum Changing Mindsets for being such a generous guest on the show this week. I just love her calming energy uh, and I'm sure that if I needed someone to mediate a conflict, I would absolutely want to get her in to, uh, you know, bring, bring the energy into a good place. You can find out more about Sally's upcoming retreats at heartfeltretreats.com.au It was a while back when we first recorded this, but Sally is still running Heartfelt Retreats. In fact, she does have one coming up in November, um, 6th to 9th of November in Dalesford, which is near Melbourne, and she has another one in Bali in March of next year. So go to heartfeltretreats.com.au to learn more about those. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did and if you feel like you have a friend or a family member or someone who would also find value in it, then I do encourage you to share this with them. Share it with them. If they're not subscribed to the podcast, then open up their phone, show them how to subscribe to the podcast and go, this is the one you must listen to, subscribe and uh, show them how to do it. And I'm positive that their lives will be much better for it. As well yours because you'll have lowered conflict, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.